Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. My name is Chris Steffen. I am your host. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Buckler. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about all of the data. Yes, all of the data. When you are in the security space, you know that at any given time, there is oodles, oodles being a technical term, of data that your security infrastructure generates from logging to events to whatever else. And that's fine. I'm not complaining about that. But then understanding how to deal with that data and present it not only from a tinfoil hat type, but also from a pointy haired boss type so that they can make sense of it is interesting. And then one of the things that I was kind of interested in, Ken and I were talking about is in the wild, wild world of security analysts, as Ken and I are, how do you take and deal with security data and how do we use it for our analytics and our research, so on and so forth. So interesting stuff for us. Again, I did want to talk about those things today. And so Ken, why don't you start us off? Talk to me a little bit about just data analytics in general, especially from a security perspective, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So, so you know, one of the things that I think always scares people whenever you start take, talking about data is is the, the the mysterious term of big data. And I don't think anybody can even actually define what big data really is. Um, I can tell you that I've definitely worked with big data, and, and that's, you know working with three quarters of a million computer systems at once and processing their cybersecurity data. And it, it can be very interesting when you're dealing with data on such a massive scale like that. But, but at the same time, even just small quantities of data can be really interesting as well. Now, let me, let me give you, a, a, you know, great examples of how I love approaching data. So, of course, you know, the very first thing that you're going to want to do when you're looking at a, a data set, and, and we'll, we'll just use cybersecurity as the example here, but you can do this with really any facet of the data, is measure the, the, the size of the data and measure what your, your averages are in your data. In other words, so for example, if you're dealing with you know, security, you know, how many systems are patched? How many systems aren't patched? What's the average number of open patches on a system? And and that's a, that's a good starting point because then you can use that to establish your baselines in your data, and you go from there. Another thing that I love looking at when it comes to to looking at data, also is the and actually uh, there's there's uh, books written on this in the cybersecurity industry. Um, so looking at at the outliers in the data, looking at the the anomalies, and that's really where you can find the very interesting stuff. Um, you know, one of the, the organizations I worked at, I actually developed a, a process they followed that was 
malware identification through statistical analysis. And the idea behind that was you look at all of the binary executables that are set to run at startup on every single computer system, and you get their file hashes. And you look at those file hashes, and you count how many of those file hashes exist across the enterprise. And if a file hash exists on, I'll even say 50% or more of the enterprise, that's probably a legitimate file hash. If a file hash only exists on one or two or three systems, you need to look at that closer. So, so the, there's a lot of different ways to, to approach some of this data analytics stuff. And I, I love diving into it, and I'll get lost in the data for hours. Yes, that's because you are a huge nerd, okay? I am. Um, and, I am. and that's fine, because I do the same thing, right? You know, we, we run our own data factories here. We do a lot of our own research. That research, of course, is very compelling for us. We love taking and querying people, getting an understanding of what their thoughts are on any particular security topic, collating that data based on the kind of company it is, the kind of title that they have, whatever have you. And from the responses for five questions, we can take and generate 50 different data points. And we do that. We do that on a regular basis. We, that's how we hack up that data. That's how we play with it. What's really compelling to me is gaining an understanding of how much of the world's total storage is probably used for data and data logs. Specifically, I remember a time when I was an architect at a, a company and we had created a relatively complicated financial system for billing and, and whatever have you. Long story short, it was way more complicated than it needed to be, but it was the only way we could do it. But when we were taking and looking at the instances that we had to set up, we actually had to procure 25% more resources simply for taking and dealing with the logging that went along with the process. That is how intrusive and how time-consuming and how resource-intensive logging was on that system. Wasn't any other way around it. It had to be that way. But taking and making sense of all those logs was really important. I can tell you honestly that in that particular case, I, I've heard numbers saying that we only look at something like 2% of all the logging data that that is actually out there. We were looking at probably at least half, if not two-thirds of all that logging data on a pretty regular basis. Manually, it sucked. It was horrible. It was definitely an end-of-the-month process that was terrible. But again, making sense of that logging data was critically important to our business process. Yeah, and there's actually, you know, programs and, and you know, services out there now that are completely dedicated to analyzing just your logging data. Um, you know, and, you know, I don't even have to name the names. I know everybody knows who they are at this point. But, you know, what's really fascinating is as you're seeing the the evolution of some of the data science that's involved behind all this stuff. So it used to be that, you know, you'd have a database, of course, and then those databases would actually be part of a data warehouse. Now, why is it called a data warehouse? Because in a data warehouse, all of your uh, data is cataloged and analyzed and, and put in its, its proper place so that you know exactly where that data is so that when you want to go look for it. But the problem with that approach is that you have to know how you want to categorize everything in the first place. 
So, so what's happened then is that we've now evolved from data warehouses to data lakes. And the, the data lake concept is really fascinating because what do you do at a lake? You go fishing. So that's exactly what you do when it comes to the data lake is you, you start going fishing in the data lake and try to find that interesting data. You, you, you actually fish up. You just you look in different parts of the lake and you find the interesting bits of the data and you start querying around those interesting bits and you see what you, you get. And you make some um, remarkable, uh, make some absolutely remarkable discoveries that way. So I, I love it. it. It's it's a fascinating process. Well, yeah, and I, I'd even go so far to say, and this is a topic that's on the top of minds for a lot of people, you know, AI is, is king, right? And taking and using AI to parse that data is something that is, depending on your perspective, either really new or not new at all. And I'll give you an example of each. From the really new standpoint, taking all of the available data that is out in the web and an automated process, basically writing something cohesive based on something. Think, think of a, a simple summary, like a Wikipedia article on the life of Abraham Lincoln. You could go do all that research or you can say, go give me all the data on Abraham Lincoln and write me a 500 word summary. Okay. It, it does that. And it does that very, very well. It parses dozens, if not hundreds of sources to take and do that information. On the other side of that, the old way of thinking is, I use this example all the time, you are talking to one of the original firewall monkeys, right? I was that guy that had to sit down and parse firewall logs on a continuous basis, mainly to see if there was any breaches, any abnormalities, whatever have you. Sometimes it was flagged, you know, and, and obvious. Sometimes it was not obvious. And, and so you would have to take and go look at that. Today, that job belongs to some kind of AI or, or some kind of machine learning, if that's what you want to call it, but basically has taken that process that took significant time out of the CISSP's day every day and now does that for you automatically in a way that quite bluntly is far more efficient and better than what I was doing. So that data is still out there. It's data that has to be reconciled. It's data that has to be dealt with, but it's one of those things that it is a constant source of pain for every kind of professional, from the executive all the way down to the end user, trying to figure out how that data is going to be used. Yeah, and I'm very excited about the the prospect for artificial intelligence as far as what it means for the future of data science. And, and the reason I say that is that Right now, we already have some predictive analytics. Okay, for example, I can take a, a a trend chart of these are how many cyber breaches have happened over the past five years, and I can use that chart already to predict within a reasonable amount of certainty based upon past trends how how that's going to either increase or decrease. But AI is extremely good at finding patterns that we don't see or that traditional analytics methods can't find. And and that's really going to open the door to some some fascinating uh, use cases. All right. And one of them that I, I think is going to be really good is going to be, you know, the ability to predict what's actually going to cause a breach. For example, you know, you look at 
okay, so how many open patches were on this system specifically that got breached compared to the other systems? Or, or interesting data points like that. And I'm really excited that, about the prospects of that. Yeah, the genius of AI is definitely having the ability to see things in ways that you and I couldn't see before. And that that's what makes it really interesting. Scary as hell sometimes too, but that's what makes it really interesting. So... Um, great conversation with that. I think we'll call it done for today. Again, thanks for listening. Um, if you ever have any other topics that you would like Ken or I to discuss, feel free to ping us and let us know. And with that, thanks for listening and happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.